Welcome to Functional Design Enclosure. I'm Christoph Newman. And I am Nate Jones. We're here to help you use closure and functional programming to make your everyday life as a developer less frustrating and more fulfilling. Yes, uh, we, we, we love talking about closure and we love hearing about how you have used uh, closure or where you're stuck. Because uh, we're stuck a lot and we end up talking to each other to get ourselves unstuck. So if you talk to us, maybe we can talk to you and help you get you unstuck. <laughs> Sounds like a web of communication. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let the puns begin. <laughs> well, if you do want to talk to us, great ways of reaching us are on Twitter. If you reach us at Closure Design, send us an email to feedback at closuredesign.club or hop into our Closure and Slack channel, Closure Design Podcast. Yeah, ask us a question there. We love we love hearing from you. Uh, so so this week, um, I, so well, actually, let's let's just talk a little bit about last week. We had last week we talked about the pitfalls, the scars on our arms and our legs and our brains um, that we have we have <laughs> accumulated over the years uh, yes, working yes. inside the web of complexity. As we we've been stuck in it because it is definitely the dominant uh, or one of the more dominant uh, application uh, types um, is to do things on the web, and so we thought if we're if we're if we're stuck in it, we might as well continue to be stuck in it and. And, and and invite you all to be stuck in it with us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, well, definitely. I mean, we, we well, the web is is broad and deep. There's there's many oh, yeah. things, right? Uh, what started as a a means of transporting markup text stuff has turned into the backbone of data infrastructure for the the globe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> HTTP has has literally taken over all sorts of stuff. And so therefore with any any technology in the real world it's messy. <laughs> well and 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 I feel like it it worked really well for its original design goal which like you said was transporting you know documents around that could link to each other. But a, as the web has grown up we 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 have demanded more of it. And uh yeah, and, and I think that's kind of what we're we're hoping to get into is is one of the one of the ways you can you we, we demand more of of the layers, <laughs> and, and and how we might solve those or at least uh, yeah talk about yeah. them. Definitely. So far in our series, we've been talking about what I would call normal HTTP requests, which we handle <laughs> using Ring, right? And and Ring has adapters for the underlying low level parts that get dealt with with Java things. But but we need to now take a journey down the abnormal <laughs> HTTP request. Somebody had this crazy idea. Let's make these HTTP requests like long-lived and bi-directional. Let's, let's not just have, have a request that happens and finishes, but let's just keep that socket open and just pass data back and forth and back and forth on it indefinitely <laughs> like we can with normal TCP connections and let's let's call it a web socket instead. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not instead of because we already have a, a ubiquitous uh, set of things out there called browsers that are really good at being installed on everyone's computer, and uh, and they're good at talking over port eighty or four four three. And so why not? Why, why don't we just marry the marry the the re- request response with the the long lived? Um, what could go wrong? 
<laughs> right. Wrong? This is a classic engineering solution, right? Well, we have all these parts that are already there and available, and we can just piggyback on them and just let's let's just bend a couple of the assumptions, uh, and and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. But but in all seriousness, WebSockets are really nice because they do give you that long-lived connection for bidirectional communication that is nice about a socket, but then they give you a lot more on top of that than just a bare TCP socket. TCP sockets don't really help you do much other than send bytes back and forth, but WebSockets has this notion of messages where you're sending whole messages back and forth. And, and so that's great because then you can really worry about the contents of each, each payload that you want to send back and forth and a lot less about like protocol engineering. And, and so that makes WebSockets just really nice for exchanging data. And we've actually used WebSockets between um, services, like, like not, no like browser on, involved, right? right? On the back end, yeah. Just as a messaging protocol. So, uh, so anyway, for... Kind of for this series, what we want to do is we want to we want to dive into using WebSockets in a real way, and uh, what what better than to <laughs> to go meta, right? Let let's go meta. So let's let's suppose we have a website where we uh, we want to post closure idioms <laughs> because right. w- what else would you want to talk about? I don't know, Nate. Like maybe puppies or cats or. Why? Why I post photos like, of cats when you can post closure idioms, right? I feel like there are plenty of places you can you can post you can post uh, pictures of cats and dogs and and other things, uh, but but there are not there are not enough closure places on the internet. We need to make another 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 home, another place for us to share um, closure Id- idioms <laughs> idioms, not not idiots. <laughs> uh, we, we want <laughs> right. we want we want to know how how best to use closure, you know. How how have you found the 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 you know a good way to mix map and jux together so that you can flexibly transform data? Like I want to know, right? Yeah, and how many times have you and I been like, oh, let's do a screen share? Like like I'll be like, hey Nate, I want a screen share. I want to show you this cool snippet of code I wrote or this cool function I wrote because it just it's it's cool. Like the way Closure let me solve the problem is really cool, right? And and so it's just yeah. fun to share that stuff. And so when you share, you want to know, you want to know who liked it, right? You want to know that's, that's a, that's the, the age we live in. We live in the age of likes. So, um, I want, I, I want to know when, when someone has, has favorably or unfavorably, um, made an opinion about my, <laughs> my idiom. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I want to know they it, give it a, they give it a Lambda or something, right? I want to know it now. <laughs> So you you post your code and then somebody is like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna plus lambda that <laughs> lambda up, <laughs> lambda up and uh, reduce it down. Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, yep. Lift lift up, reduce down. <laughs> and so so okay. So here we are. We're the developers. We're making our closure idioms sharing site and and we want to let the users know when people have um shown favor <laughs> they've liked <laughs> they've liked uh, they've they've lambda up the idiom or they they've left a comment because i don't know it'd be really cool if you could comment back and be like oh i've done that before and it kind of looked like this right I, I i did it using into instead of reduce 
Right. Yeah. And so, uh, but in, in, in that, in that situation, we, we want to know, we kind of want to know more often than, you know, like, or sooner than I can reload the web page. You know, I could, I could always, you know, reload the web page, but that's, that's kind of, you know, 1995 style uh, integration. We want, we want right. the, we want to know right away uh, when, when someone has commented. Yeah, so let's assume we're making this uh, Ajaxy app. I guess Ajax is a bit of a dated term, but this single-page application that makes uh, XHR requests back to the server to get its job done. Reload is a thing of the past. You know, this is all reactified, and uh, and you're browsing around. And so we want to give the users a notification, like like pop up in in their user interface. Not a notification. Not not like a browser notification or a push notification, but but we want to we want to give them a little alert in the user because you're you're busy working on your next super cool idiom and posting that <laughs> and right and you, and you want to hear about the one that everyone else liked we we, we might and, be hyper over over uh estimating how many people might be on the site <laughs> continuously but for the right. sake of argument let's just pretend that we are <laughs> yeah. And so, so okay. So, how can we get how can we get the browser to make the user aware of some activity, right? I think like the easiest way is we should have an endpoint that the browser can just call that returns activity for this user, right? Like 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 activity of other people that this user should be aware of. So basically, we'll just call it the notifications, right? Just okay. not to get confused with push notifications, right. but like like alerts or notifications. And so, so then, let's have like a notifications endpoint. We just call it with XHR and it gives us here are your notifications, right? Yeah, and we can just put that in the loop, you know. I mean, how often do you really want to know? Maybe every five seconds, maybe every 10 seconds, you know. So it's just, it just a JavaScript timeout. We'll just call that every, every on, a, on a regular basis. And, and if there's any data there, then we can, we can shove it into our, into our React components. <laughs> right. I don't know about you, man, but every five seconds sounds like a really long time. I think I would. I think eternity. I would want to hear like right away. <laughs> like, okay. Well, like, how about like every like tenth once of a, a sec- second? Every tenth of a second. Why not? I mean, <laughs> it's on my dev machine, so I can I can crank that up because there's, there's no internet in between me and my dev <laughs> dev stack. Okay. Okay. So yeah, like ten times a second. That sounds good. Um, I think that's going to be just fine until we scale beyond about four users. <laughs> and and I'm pretty That's sure a site like this, it's gonna it's gonna scale pretty quick. I, I I anticipate hundreds of users in the first day. Yes. If not, let's just say let's just say there will be hundreds of users in the first day. <laughs> and so the, the end result of that is our our server is, becomes a you know a. a a, a, a melted, you know, pot of silicon as it, uh, it, it crashes through the shelf onto the floor. <laughs> yeah. Unable to I was handle just, all the I was just reading a few days ago about a service you and I use, and it was a, it was a whole, like, retrospective on how they DDoSed themselves <laughs> through, <laughs> through polling that was too frequent. <laughs> oh, man. We can oft, often be our own worst enemies as developers. Oh, and it's even better because they DDoS themselves with desktop applications. So they couldn't just like push out a new build and then just have, you know, all the browsers auto reload. Oh man. So they had to like plead with their users to uninstall or to upgrade? 
please, please, please upgrade. <laughs> that is a, so, that's not a good place to be in because people so I, don't want to upgrade. They yeah, a web, web, let's just do websites. Yeah, so I think you know if if alerting your user about something once every five or ten minutes, you know, reaching out and doing a quick little request every five or ten minutes, that's that's probably a pretty reasonable approach. But that's that's not what we want for our website. We want high interactivity, so we really want to alert them a little sooner. So, um, so well, well the, the problem. What is, should we do? We're tr- we, we're I mean, not the problem, but like in every engineering choice, there always is a trade off. So the, the 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 frequent polling is simple, but it has a problem. You know, the server will melt. But we want to have it be more instantaneous. So let's let we want to we want to switch over to something that that is uh, has a higher capability. Well, how about long polling? What do you think of uh, long polling? So we're going to make a request, and then the server is just going to keep the connection open, and then and then it's going to keep it open for I don't know fifteen seconds or so. And, and if it realizes, oh, I have something to say in that 15 seconds, then it's going to return that data and close the connection. And then, and then the browser will get the data and then it'll open up another long pulling request. Yeah, that, that, that gets us out of the server melting uh, problem. But the downside of that is it's holding a, a, a thread open on the server side while it's waiting for that request to be fulfilled. Right. Right. So then that gets us into the whole like async request business, you know, and so like ring supports asynchronous requests so that all those requests are on a thread pool and then you have to park it. And then, oh, oh yeah. And then you, the server has to know like when it has something to say, and then it has to know like when it has set it back. Right. Because if you're, if you're hitting that endpoint, um, saying, oh yeah, get me, get me the new notifications. Well, when you call it again, uh, right after it delivers them to you, it needs to not like go, oh, here they are, and then <laughs> return Oops. them to you instantly again, right? Because then you're going to get in this infinite loop of, give me the new notifications, and if it has no memory that it gave them to you already, it's going to be like, oh, here they are, and it's like, boom, you know, back, and all of a sudden, the next thing you know, you're in an even worse DDoS loop, because it's literally reopening the connection as fast Just as, as soon, it possibly can. Yeah, as soon as it can. So long pulling sounds like a nice idea. It sounds like nice and simple, right? But then, then you end up with all this maintenance code on the server side on like, like what, what do I need to say? What have I said? Did they get it? You know, so I guess the connection could have some state information right. in it so that it could do the right thing, like, like pass the timestamp back. Um, well, you know what we've just done a lot is we've used WebSockets for this this kind of problem, which is nice because WebSockets were really designed for this kind of problem. The server needs to send you some information. And and maybe if it's really, really infrequent, like notifications, maybe we're stretching the problem domain a little bit here. But notifications are just like nice example that we can wrap our head around, I think. Well, and, and, and one of the nice things about WebSockets is that because they are designed to be long-lived instead of being abused to be long-lived, like long polling or frequent polling, um, the, the, the lower layers of the web stack have started to help us help out with those things. Like, the, you know, if, if you think about it, a WebSocket is a long-lived thread on the server side, but, but because um, 
the 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 toolkit layer, so to speak, like Netty or Jetty or whatever, has taken over that. It can actually park it in a way that doesn't doesn't actually use up threads, and then your application doesn't right. have to have to waste threads for that. And so you can have the benefits of having multiple threads, multiple lines of communication, without having the overhead of the threads. Right. Yeah. So to tease that apart, it's a long lived connection. But because everything in all the layers knows that this is a WebSocket and WebSockets are intrinsically long-lived connections, they did the extra work to separate the one connection equals one thread that is so common in, in I.O., right? So now, all of a sudden, connections are, are divorced from threads and then work on connections can get scheduled on a thread pool instead so now you're, you're memory bounded instead of thread bounded, which is a way better place to be in because <laughs> thread bounding, <laughs> you run out a lot faster. So you're memory bounded well, in the number of connections that you can handle. And then you can make your thread pool as big as it needs to be based on your CPUs and, and so on and so forth. Well, and, and if you have, say you have 2000 people that are actively on the site, well, maybe only a few of them are actually getting notifications at any point in time. So the act number of active threads is actually quite quite few. And so you can maintain, you can actually scale far far more on a single server than you would if you had to maintain a thread for every, every connection inside your right. app. Right, right. So if this were an application where we're opening up a WebSocket and then all of a sudden this flood of data, this continuous stream of data is coming down from the server, you know, then we're going to get CPU bound and IO bound a lot faster than we're going to get connection bound. But right. if it's a whole bunch of quiet connections, like this notification example, then I think getting connection bound is maybe the bigger problem, you know, or thre thread bound if, you're, if your framework isn't really helping you do this the right way. <laughs> yes. Speaking of uh, a framework, um, now that we've decided to use WebSockets, um, I think... The, the the difficult thing is to pick you know which which of the the many libraries that we have available in Clojure that we could use to actually serve those on the server. Oh, I, I was going to say we should just use the WebSocket implementation that's just built in and distributed with the standard library enclosure. <laughs> Wait, there there's a there's a standard WebSocket library. Oh, oh, that's right. There oh, there wait. isn't one. <laughs> You got me, yeah, you so got this me. is where, like, if you're a Python fan or a Go fan or a Node, well, I don't know. I don't want to speak too much about Node, but, you know, <laughs> a lot does. of languages have these, like, web things built into it. And and what's interesting is, is well, Clojure doesn't. And I, I would say that's because Clojure's hosted, right? So it's like, look look down to your hosted hosting layer for, for solving these problems. It's, it's, it's really a design choice. And and I think one of the one of the nice things is it it actually it's a little, it makes it a little more painful trying to pick a a, a a a library because there are more than one option, but it actually means that closure is divorced from the need from any one of them, so we can actually have innovation and it can actually you can actually choose a new one, and not have to you know choose, change your language. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's that whole catch twenty two of building it into the language that that just kills momentum for alternative views sometimes because it's such a strong default choice that, that something else has to really have a whole lot of good reason to exist to overcome the default choice. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. I think um, so. To, so to kind of dig into a, a few of the options that we have out there, the the big the big ones. Um, let's see. There's there's HTTP Kit, which has been around for quite a while. It it has HTTP Kit. It's a little challenging though because like they're in the process of changing their WebSocket API. They unified like long polling and WebSockets, and that comes with certain intricacies. So it's it's sort of been there, but WebSockets can be a little tricky in HTTP Kit. Yeah, and and well, there's there's Jetty which does WebSockets. So there's a few wrappers around Jetty's WebSockets. So so there you're not leaning on Java and you're not leaning on Closure code. You're leaning on a very popular WebSocket implementation in Java land. Right. Um, and and so there's it, like right. the Ring. Um, Jetty 9 adapter, or there's Pedestal, which Cognitech has made that has a portion of it that wraps the Jetty WebSockets. And and so that comes with, you know, the the benefits and the joys of wrapping the underlying thing. Right. It doesn't, we use, we, we've, we've often used um, Alef. It doesn't Alef wrap Jetty or does it wrap something else? No, well, Alef, yeah. So Alef wraps Netty. Under the hood. Oh right, and it and so Netty, <laughs> right, and so Netty is very high performance because it it does not require one thread per one stream of I/O, like oh, like right. built-in Java stuff, and so because it doesn't require that, then um, it it allows you to scale out and be more connection bound as opposed to thread bound. So so Alef is Alef is pretty nice, and Alef has. Um, both a client server and client support. So we've used Alef to reach out from Closure and open a WebSocket connection, a WebSocket connection like between services, yeah, which server is to server. which is pretty neat. Right. Yeah. Well, and something to keep an eye on, I think, in the future is Hato or Hato or however <laughs> it's pronounced, H A T O. So uh, if you know if you know the correct pronunciation of that, please send us an email. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. But that that wraps it, the WebSocket client that is built into JDK 11, a WebSocket server and client. Like the WebSocket implementation was kind of interesting, but that for us that's like very early days. Um, yeah, for, it was actually, for using that, it was actually kind of funny. I was looking into the into like, well, if they wrap it, why? Why can't I just inter- use Java interop with the JDK 11 stuff? It's amazing how much uh, code you have to have in Java to to get things done. I forgot. I used to work in Java many years ago, and I just I forgot. How 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 succinct uh, closure is so. Hato is definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's just say Alef. We've we've used that before. We like it. It doesn't come with some of the pitfalls of the other wrappers. I like that on the server side. Yeah, but then the closure, then, or then the the client side. Yeah. <laughs> so we're assuming closure script here. I guess you know if you're going to write a JavaScript uh, uh, front end for a closure application. That that is your choice, and good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Godspeed. We we've done it. We've done it. But yeah. Well, yeah. So there, a- Alef isn't going to help us, right? Because that's closure. So you could just you could just call the WebSocket class that is just built into the browser and just call it using interop. That it that is a choice, right? But then there's also but, Google or um, Closure. This was a fun one to find. Uh, Actually, in ClojureScript, there's a WebSocket connection wrapper that wraps the Google or the 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 Closure with an S um, standard library, not standard library, but the Closure library. 
And so you can actually, there is, there is a level of wrapping there. Um, it was, it was right. kind of a, a, a surprise to find when we were looking for things for this episode. Right. The, the Goog.net namespace has some WebSocket support in it. And so I guess that's built into ClojureScript. That was actually a surprise. Yeah. Like you said, I, I have never used it. But what we what we've used before is Hazlet, which is a nice wrapper around the built-in WebSocket implementation in a browser, and it just gives you a very closurey way of interacting with it. It's pretty clean. Yeah, it actually has a nice like pluggable layer. You can you can specify how it actually goes about doing the WebSocket. So we've 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 had to experiment with a couple of those adapters, but um, but we've come to something that's, that works pretty well. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I guess. Um, I guess before we wrap up, it would be worth just mentioning some out-of-the-box choices. I know for for this series, we're going to focus on using WebSockets. But if your problem is just like, I need to get messages from my Clojure server to my Clojure client, then then Sente is a very popular way of doing that, right? Of just just getting Clojure data between two Clojure parts. I actually... Um, yeah, I actually used it in the past. Um, you, you, it, it does take a bit to get going, but at the end, you end up with core async channels that you can just shove things in on the on the client side and then shove them in on the server side, and it just magically appears on the on the other end. It's 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 quite magic when you do have it running. Yeah, and it's nice. It actually uses a variety of different protocols it, it'll do handle the long pulling it'll handle web sockets it it will switch protocols like there's a lot of magic there so if your problem really is like i just need this portal for data this bi-directional <laughs> closure data portal sent sente is a really neat option right uh apis we've exposed often we will have to have a javascript client or a java client or some other not closure thing that connects to it also. So we end up in in the work I know Nate and you and I do, we end up just using WebSockets directly quite a lot. Um and and not using a, a nice layer like Sente. But but if it's if it's all within your application space, Sente is pretty neat. Pretty yeah, neat. Absolutely. Thing. The other one is Boy. uh immutant. Yeah. Im, Im, yeah. Im, Im, I'm mutant <laughs> Why do these things get hard to say? <clears throat> Right. And it, it kind of does a similar thing that HTTP kit does, where it immutant unifies um, two different things. In this case, like HTTP streaming and WebSockets. So so it might might be a good choice for your application if you if it's okay to if you need both of those or or you know, if that abstraction is helpful. But but therefore it doesn't give you like a really clean um, close mapping to the WebSocket API that something like right. Alef gives you, yeah. or Hado gives you. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 like you you want a wrapper that gets you a little bit above it, but you don't want to go too far that, that it restricts your options as far as like you said, choosing a different language or um or or just being able to use like standard tools. Like there's lots of times we use just command line tools to talk to WebSockets, and if they if it was a if it was a a, a highly overloaded uh, protocol, then we wouldn't be able to use those. Yeah, like with Sente, even as great as it is, yeah, then all of a sudden you can't just bust out your web SOCAT AP, <laughs> uh, like command line tool. Well, yeah. it's 
uh, one of one of the points of feedback we've heard a lot in Closure Land is, oh, there's so many choices, and I guess we're just illustrating that right now. <laughs> Run it, running uh, uh, well past our normal endpoint, <laughs> talking about the libraries. There are a lot of choices, and so it does make it a little hard. So we're going to pick Aleph for our series and run with that. Um, and then on the client side, Hazlet. But definitely, um, there's there's as much flexibility as you want. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> uh, if you so we, we're we're kind of going with like you said, Hazlet and and Aleph. But uh, if you out there, our listeners, uh, have other things that you prefer or you would like to um, uh, defend or or like or talk about, it, maybe even something we didn't cover. So uh, please send us a uh, either a tweet at Closure Design or an email to Closure De- feed, Sorry, feedback at closuredesign.club. And then uh, you can also hop into our Closure Design dash podcast channel on the Closure in Slack, and we can talk about the web of complexity there. Yeah, let's let's talk about WebSockets and shoving data from point A to point B in both directions. If you want to get more info on this show, links to the projects we mentioned, look at our past episodes, all that good stuff, go to closuredesign.club and check us out on the web okay that's it for this week we'll be back next week with another web socket uh, discussion another message on our socket (laughs) Uh, until then thanks for listening